0: covering all aspects of milwaukee brewers baseball it's time for brewers extra innings the podcast here is your host matt paulie
1: we do welcome you into another edition of brewers extra innings the podcast we are powered by wtmj mobile my name is matt paulie appreciate you spending some time with us uh, this week first and foremost uh, a merry christmas a happy new year a happy holidays to you as we are certainly in the middle of the holiday period making it uh, that much tougher to find time to uh, listen to podcasts. I know that personally. I listen to a lot of podcasts during the course of the week. And here uh, recently, I haven't listened to them uh, quite as often. So for you to take time and uh, listen to the podcast, that uh, certainly means a lot to uh, me. And uh, hopefully we can... Keep you uh, entertained talking some Milwaukee Brewers baseball here in the middle of uh, December, in the cold, cold month of December. Got a lot to get to uh, on this program. You know, last week was the Winter Meetings Preview Edition. This week is the uh, Winter Meetings Review Edition. And it turns out, much of what we spoke about uh, last week was all for naught because they don't really do much, and then today, we don't have a whole lot to talk about in terms of the actual winter meetings because uh, they didn't really do anything. We are uh, coming your way uh, Sunday night is when we record, so the news about Giovanni Gallardo did break on Saturday, him agreeing to a contract with the Brewers. As it sits right now, none of the details of the contract are out, and uh, he still has to pass a physical for uh, everything to go through, so uh, who knows? Who knows what's going Happen by the time you're listening to this, there's a pretty good chance the contact details are going to be released and maybe that makes you view things a little bit differently, but as we talk here, we do not know any details about the contract that Gallardo is presumably going to sign and has already um, agreed to with the club. We've got uh, a fair amount to get to today. Our featured guest is going to be Gabe Stoltz from Disciples of Euchre. We're going back-to-back weeks with uh, someone from uh, Disciples of Euchre as he is the editor over there um, at uh, DOU, and we will talk with him coming up in just a a little while do you want to take care of uh some of the um Uh, housekeeping sort of things that we generally do here on the early part of the program. Uh, First and foremost, if you do want to get in contact with me, you could do so by uh, tweeting at me, at Matt Pawley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air is the Twitter handle. Uh, Go ahead and tweet at me if you'd uh, like. If you don't have Twitter, you can also drop me an email. Matt. Matt.Pawley at WTMJ.com is the, uh, is, uh, the email address. Second off, if you do listen to us on on Apple Podcast. if you can take a moment and uh, leave a review for the podcast. Just have to do it once. It'll take you, I think, just a couple minutes. That would be much, much, much appreciated. And let me apologize for my voice. I can't really tell. I can hear it through my headphones right now, and it doesn't sound especially good. I don't know how you're hearing it. Uh, I'll check that out a little bit afterwards. Uh, much like uh, seemingly everybody in the state of Wisconsin, I have been fighting the cold, and now that the cold is over, I'm going through that period where I don't have much of a voice. So, uh, put up with my voice for uh, this week and uh, hopefully we'll be good to go here moving forward. I just heard my voice like halfway crack. It sounds like I'm going through puberty once again, which is just awesome when you do what I do um, as uh, as a career. So there you go. We'll fight through uh, the voice. I'll fight through it and uh, we, will, we will move along here on Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Weird week. Weird week because we were expecting something to happen at the winter meetings. I really didn't think nothing would happen. I wasn't sure how much would happen. I wouldn't have been shocked if major, major, major moves were made. I wouldn't have been shocked if just a couple smaller moves were made. But literally nothing happened. Uh, from an outside perspective, they lost Anthony Swarzak because he signs a uh, deal with the New York Mets. We'll get into that more in our headlines of the week coming up in uh, just a few moments. But they do, they do nothing. And I think as a you know, when when you cover baseball, when you talk about baseball, when you're a fan of baseball, when you're around baseball, whatever it might be, you kind of uh you, you get geared up for events like the winter meetings. Now, baseball is seemingly changing. All of a sudden baseball is it's like the off-season is being pushed later and later and later. And what I mean by that, not that the off-season dates are changing, but kind of the activity inside of the off-season seemingly is changing. Because it used to be we saw a lot more signings in the early on and very few signings of significance after spring training had started. Well, now we're seeing more guys sign right around spring training and you know either right before or even a little bit after it started and that's new and you know not not many teams did much of anything at the winter meetings. It was a very quiet winter meetings all the way around baseball. And uh, that's just the way things uh the, they are now. So I think yeah maybe we built up these winter meetings to be more than, than they were. And that's that's on us, you know, people, people like me who talk about the Brewers, uh, really getting you amped up about what the winter meetings might turn into. And you know, I, I guess just looking back at it now, it really doesn't seem like the winter meetings were uh, much of anything uh, for the team. Now, it was supposedly, you know, David Stearns talked about laying groundwork, and we'll see what kind of moves are made moving forward. You know, that groundwork can be really important. Uh, the old adage is sometimes the best move you make is the move you you know the best move is the move you don't make, uh, is the cliche, and I'm sure there was some of that going on with Stearns. You look at the money that was being thrown around, you know, going back to Swarzak, Anthony Swarzak. I was hoping he would be back as the, with the Brewers. He did a really nice job. He seemed to fit, but a guy who has his you know breakout season at what his age 32 season or whatever it was to get you know two years, 14 million dollars. He he he's going to make more in one year essentially that he's made in his entire career combined with this deal. And I don't begrudge him for signing that deal. Good for him. You know, He sets up his life, his family, for the rest of his life with that deal, and that's awesome. And, he, and he, I guess he earned it based off what he did with the Brewers. I think the Brewers, being a team that's more limited in what they can do from a payroll perspective, they're they're not going to throw that money around. Now, they can throw money around right now. You look at what they spent last year on payroll. They, they they certainly have flexibility. It's not like they couldn't sign that deal, but should have they. And I don't have a problem with them not matching the deal that the New York Mets gave them. That seems to be just a little bit too much, and we'll see what happens moving forward. I think there's as much of a chance that Swarzak. Uh, has a complete repeat of what he just did this past season with the Mets, and has is really successful. But I think there's just as much a chance that he, he kind of regresses to what he was before. We see that with relief pitchers all the time. It's such a, it's so volatile when you when you look at these guys, these relief pitchers, and what they can and cannot do, and what they can do over long periods of time. And that's a, that's a scary situation sometimes when you're giving away big money to relief pitchers. But you also need to put together a bullpen. We saw. The Brewers uh, have bullpen issues this past year and lose some games because of it. And when you finish one game out of the postseason, you really think back to what what would have it been if the bullpen would have been just a little bit better during the course of the year. There is still a lot of time before pitchers and catchers report. There are still many names that are being connected to the Brewers. Um, and I, I, I still have an expectation that a top line pitcher is going to be wearing a Brewers uniform coming up uh next next season. I I don't know if it's gonna be Chris Archer. I don't know if it's gonna be Jake Arrieta. I don't know if it's gonna be you Darvish. I don't know if it's gonna be somebody else who gets traded that we're not even talking about. But I gotta think that a A top one or two starter that's not currently on the roster is going to end up on the roster. It's frustrating right now coming out of the winter meetings when nothing gets done. I guess my only thing would be have patience, have patience, and everything's going to be okay. All right, so here's uh, what we have coming up on uh, the program this week. Again, Gabe Stoltz will join us from Disciples of Euchre. He'll be on here in just a little while. But first, let's get to this week's Headlines of the Week.
0: It doesn't matter if it's right in the middle of the summer or winter. There's always news about the Brewers. Let's look back at the week that was with Matt's Headlines of the Week.
1: Headlines of the Week. The big one has the team re-signing, bringing back Giovanni Gallardo. Number of years since he last pitched with the Brewers. The last time he was wearing a Brewers uniform was back in 2014. He was part of a trade to Texas. That uh, among the players that the Brewers got back, current closer Corey Canables could be interesting. Those two guys being on the uh, on the same team together here going forward, I do think. I think fans need to be reserved in their excitement about Giovanni Gallardo here. Um, this is a guy who had a 5.72 ERA last season. Uh, hasn't had a sub-4 ERA since the 2015 year with the Rangers. A guy who was moved to the bullpen last year with Seattle. A guy who had a $13 million option turned out turned down. So he's not the same guy who left. Uh, you could argue that he was already kind of starting to trend in the downward direction um, after that 2014 season. It's going to be fun to see. A lot of people really, really like Giovanni Gallardo. I don't think, you know, as we record this on Sunday night, we don't know how long the contract is for. We assume it's one year. We don't know how much money he's going to be paid. I would assume somewhere between 4 and $6 million. That's what I would guess. And we don't know if there's any legitimate talk about him being a bullpen guy. He was a bullpen guy a little bit last year, but that was more because he wasn't effective as a starter. So they moved him into the bullpen. Um, this is not the big move that we were waiting for with the Brewers. This is just kind of a move, and uh, it's going to be, uh, you would think that there would be some sort of official announcement this week. From what we understand, there needs to be a physical that has to be taken. Once that physical can be taken, then they will sign him to the contract, and they will make it uh, more public what kind of deal it is, and we just need to, uh, we just need to wait on that. Uh, the other, you know, we kind of hit on this a lot in the first segment. I'm going to repeat a little bit. Brewers don't really make any moves at the winter meetings. They do lose Anthony Swarzak. He signs a two-year deal worth fourteen million dollars with the New York Mets, and that's a lot of money. Money was being thrown around. The one area where there seemingly was some movement uh, in baseball was with relief pitchers, and it's you know fourteen million over two years for Anthony Swarzak, who again did a really really nice job with the Brewers. Really, really nice job with the Brewers when he pitches to a two point four eight e r a this past season, and his numbers between the White sox and the Brewers this year a two point three three e r a and what was his uh age thirty one season, but you know you look at what he what he had done prior to that twenty um twenty fifteen he had just a handful of appearances with Cleveland he pitched all right. Giving up five uh, nine runs, five earned and 13 in thirteen and third innings. That ended up with a three point three eight ERA. Had a four point six zero ERA with Minnesota in twenty fourteen. You just don't know what to expect from them. I remember talking to him this past year on my uh, Brewers extra innings post game show that I do on WTMJ radio after Brewers games, and I talked to him and. I just kind of asked him a question about the hollow the, the the whirlwind of the whole year, and he admitted to me it was it was, a, it, was a, it was interesting. He admitted to me that he went into the year with the White Sox last year, expecting to be designated for assignment at some point. That as a thirty-one-year-old uh, you know veteran pitcher, bullpen guy, that eventually the White Sox were going to want to go with more younger players, and he was going to be out of a job. That was his expectation next year or last year, excuse me. That's that's where he was at and he had a, he had a really good year and good i'm I'm really happy for him that he was able to get 14 million dollars over 2 years for the Mets but that's a big gamble for the Mets and i don't think the Brewers like to gamble especially on multi-year deals i i know this past year the Neftali Feliz contract that was a gamble but It was a gamble that came off the books at the end of the year, and there is a difference between a one-year deal and a two-year deal when it comes to that. So, you know, good for uh, good for Anthony Swarzak, but the Brewers absolutely have some work to do now to get some relief pitchers. Maybe that is Giovanni Gallardo. Uh, maybe it's not. I don't know. We'll just have to uh, absolutely wait and see. But really, that's uh, you know generally what is a very very busy week. This is in most years our headlines of the week would be one of the busiest segments of the uh, podcast with so many different things. But uh, we don't uh, we don't have many moves beyond that. Even though the team is coming off the winter meetings.
0: After every Brewers game, signing an announcement, bloggers and podcasters hit the web to give their take. Now we bring them all together. It's the Social Media Roundtable, and it starts now.
1: Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast is powered by WTMJ Mobile. We do continue on. It is time for our social media conversation, and we're very happy to welcome onto the program he is the editor of the Head Honcho over at uh, Disciples of Euchre. Welcome back onto the program, uh, Gabe Stoltz. Follow him on Twitter at Stoltzy3. That's S-T-O-L-T-Z-Y-3. Gabe, always good to have you on. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing well, Matt. How's it over on your
1: end? Doing all right. Uh, It's been interesting uh, last week or so for the Brewers. They don't do much. Uh, they really don't do anything at the uh, at the winter meetings. And then since then, uh, the team has reportedly signed uh, Giovanni Gallardo as we record this on Sunday night. We don't know the details yet. I think most people are assuming it's a one-year deal with uh, probably not a whole lot of average value to it or you know just value to it uh, for the one year. But again, that's just a- assuming on our part. So let me start you off with this. What was your initial reaction when you saw that in all likelihood Giovanni Gallardo is going to be back with the Brewers?
2: Well, I'll tell you what—it was definitely interesting to see. Well, especially after um, just a few hours or so before that, the Braves dealt Matt Kemp back to the Dodgers, and Adrian Gonzalez and some others were included in the deal. And then after that, we get news that Giovanni Gallardo, a key piece to the run in the, uh, to the in the 2011 playoff run, is coming back, and is sort of a realization of what year are we in. Um, <laughs> But as for the actual deal itself, it's something that I didn't see coming, and I'm sure a lot of other Brewer fans didn't see coming. And it, there are still plenty of question marks on how he'll exactly be used, um, whether or not it's the bullpen or the in the starting rotation, which you know could be a chance with Jimmy Nelson not starting to throw until spring training. That remains unknown, and um, I'm not sure you he can't, sort of had a decent outing with the Mariners in the bullpen, but it's still not numbers you'd exactly like to have, especially in the area where Milwaukee struggled last season. But I don't know. It's definitely, I suppose we'll have to wait more on the details and as to how he'll be used, but it's definitely nostalgic <laughs> that he's coming back to where it all began.
1: He has not had a sub of four ERA since 2015 with Texas. I know there's excitement about Yovani Gallardo returning to the Brewers and that sounds pretty cool, but this is not the guy who went, you know, 17 and 10 in 2011 or even, you know, 16 and 9 with a 3.66 ERA in 2012. He comes back as a very different guy and do you, do you really see a scenario? I know he pitched a little bit out of the bullpen with Seattle last year, but I think he still profiles as a starter. Do you? We'll, we'll learn more when there's a press conference and David Stearns and Craig Counsell are talking about how they want to use him, but do you see a legitimate possibility that he becomes a bullpen guy for the Brewers?
2: I don't think that that will be what they'll do, but, yeah, it's sort of tough. It's just such a move that came out of right field and just surprised everyone, especially after winter meetings where you think that the Brewers would either trade um, for relief help or um, make a signing that would help them in that asset. But, yeah, just bringing back Giovanni Gallardo is yeah, it's just a odd move and yeah, maybe there'll be some, some success, maybe uh, some Jeremy Jeffers like uh, hopes, like the Brewers' had in mind last season but yeah as much as I'd like to say I hope he succeeds it's sort of tough to see but who knows maybe a change of scenery will do him some good so he that's tur- all we can hope for, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs>
1: absolutely. And he does. I mean, the I, I sound like I'm being kind of negative on this. I guess the the positive to all this is he does still have some life on his fastball that hasn't completely gone away. So uh, that would that would at least indicate, you know, it's not like he's throwing a lot a lot softer than he was previously. The fact that he does uh, have the ability still to throw a hard so- a hard fastball, maybe they can do something with him.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's one. Um, I think he hit in the 93, 94 mile per hour range. So at his age um, and coming back to the team, that's definitely something you can look forward to that hopefully transcends into other successes for the crew. So you
1: know, before that signing, this whole podcast was really going to be based upon the fact that uh the Brewers do very little at the at the winter meetings. They lost Anthony Swarzak. He goes and signs a two year fourteen million dollar deal and I completely understand why the Brewers wouldn't want to sign him to to that kind of deal with that kind of money what uh, the the off season isn't over until you know you're playing games that matter even moves into spring training, but there' was so much. There's so much buildup, Gabe, to the the winter meetings, and then nothing. What's your takeaway from that?
2: Well, I was obviously hoping for some moves, um, just to give us fans some life with our takes and all. But yeah, um, definitely the bullpen, in my eyes, is what I was hoping to be addressed. And I'm a little disappointed, especially seeing the some of the prices that the other relievers are going. That the Brewers and the must not have just been too keen of. Um, I forget the exact dollar amounts, but I saw Hector Rondon go to Houston, I believe. And I don't know, it just sort of makes you think like, what were the Brewers offering in this? Were they involved in this? Um, but at the same time, I have to remind myself, David Stearns has obviously made his, uh, has backed up what he, his logic, the moves he's made. And I don't know, maybe it's just me trying to shelter myself from my, uh, disappointment in the winter meetings, but I don't know. I think he always has a plan and whether it's somebody like a J.J. Hoover or anyone else like that, I guess I'll just go by the motto of Justin Stearns. So Hopefully a move is made, though. I'm getting a little anxious. (laughs) (laughs) You're
1: you're not going to find successful general managers who I think are reactive to other teams, and I don't think David Stearns is reactive, but when you look around the landscape right now of the NL Central... The Cubs have signed a bunch of pitchers. The Cardinals, you know, made a run at Stanton, they come up short there, but they go get Marcel Zuna, they get Luke Gregerson. Uh, m- reportedly they're they're in on Chris Archer, they're in on Manny Machado. As as you know, if you view the Cubs and Cardinals as the two main, you know, rivals for the Brewers in terms of that NL Central and trying to get to the postseason, and that's how I view it. No disrespect meant to the the Reds or the Pirates, but I look at the Cardinals and I look at the Cubs as, as the two teams that the Brewers are really competing <laughs> with it do you think there's even more pressure on the brewers as as those two teams continue to make themselves better
2: yeah i definitely think there is um not even just this year but every year there's always um you always watch your teams in the division and with this year um, you just there's definitely a lot of routes the Brewers could go um there's been we all know about the talks with chris archer from tampa bay if the brewers would bring him on and Initially, I was sort of reluctant to listen to those, but yeah, after seeing the moves that the other teams in the Central are making, I if the right package is um, placed by the Brewers, I would I think it might be almost necessary at this point for the Brewers to make a move that sort of just makes a statement. Yeah, we think we're serious that we think we can make the playoffs, and I mean it showed last year the Brewers are just a game or so out of the playoffs, and so it just gives you the mentality of. Why not make a big trade? Why not make a splash? You're eventually you're going to need to do it down the line when you want to vie for contention. Why not this season?
1: On your site at uh, Disciples of Euchre, uh, Steve Allstead fairly recently wrote, and it, it's a couple weeks ago, so it's a, you know, as you kind of allude mm-hmm. to, it's a different situation now than it was then, but he wrote a piece called The Case Against Chris Archer. Uh, I'm a, i am aii would think Archer would fit in perfectly well. And I don't want to see them, uh, the, the idea was, you know, giving up all these prospects. I, I don't want to see them give up, you know, four top 20 kind of prospects for the guy. But if you can put together a move where you get Chris Archer and you, you know, you utilize your, your outfield depth, whether it's at the big league or the minor league level, um, something like that. I think Chris Archer makes a lot of sense for this team.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Obviously, yeah, some things have changed from when that article was posted, but yeah, as for the package that the Brewers would put together, it might not necessarily have to be the top of the line, top of the crop guys. Um, But yeah, you could make you could see sort of the moves, how they approached the offseason or the trade deadline last year, Um, trading a guy like Ryan Cordell for Swarzak. I mean, obviously, Anthony Swarzak and Chris Archer aren't in the same category yeah. but who knows maybe the Brewers look at the uh, look at approaching a trade for Archer like well is this guy gonna fit under our 40man rotate or 40man lineup next year and sort of approach it that way is if we're gonna lose this guy if we don't promote him um, why not include him in a trade but obviously they'll need to have a quite the package for Chris Archer but again looking at the MLB level he'll add a lot of um, ability to this team and a lot of Firepower. He's been known to have a positive attitude and get fired up when he's doing well. So I think that'll fit in well with the team, too, if he were to be uh, traded over here.
1: We are talking with Disciples of Euchre editor uh, Gabe Stoltz at his Brewers X the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. For you, what is the timeline here? I think we still expect. David Stearns to bring in some sort of top line pitcher whether it's Archer whether it's Jake Arietta, I know you Darvish has been mentioned I'm not a real big proponent of uh, of Darvish being a Milwaukee Brewer but he's still one of the bigger names that's out there and available as a starting pitcher from your perspective when do you think one of those moves really needs to be made by
2: well I think if you are looking at more of a bigger name you do obviously you want to strike when the iron is hot and coming out of iron uh, coming out of the winter meetings that time is definitely now um, sooner or later one of the one team is going to make a trade for the big guys and you don't want to be the odd man out in the musical chairs when it comes to the brewers especially being in the position they're in. so as to, for those guys I think you would want to make a move sooner than later you see the Cubs vying for you Darvish you see other teams making uh, their case is known to Jake Arietta. but yeah, maybe for the smaller asset players, you could see, or that the Brewers could trade for, maybe that'll linger more into the off-season. but as for the bigger guys, if you're wanting one of them, I think you'd have to almost strike when the iron is hot, which is now.
1: Buster only had an interesting tweet on Sunday where he listed all the Scott Boris clients who are still unsigned. Pedro Avales, uh, Jake Arietta, Stephen Drew, Carlos Gomez, Carlos Gonzalez, Jeremy Helgson, Greg Holland, Matt Holliday, Eric Hosmer, J.D. Martinez, Mike Mustakis, Mike Pelfrey, Jason Wirth. Do you think at all Boris is... Uh, you know purposefully slowing things down to try to continue to to build as much you know possibility for big contracts for his guys I mean that's a lot of guys of his that are not
2: signed yeah it definitely would make sense um obviously Scott Boris has made his imprint known on the game and he definitely has in mind so yeah um it's been a somewhat obviously of Stanton going to the Yankees and some other moves but so there have been some slow days in the off season, MLB off season, and not just for the Brewers, but for or Brewers fans, but for fans all across the league. And so, yeah, who knows? Maybe with uh, the holidays coming, those players will be getting quite the gift from some teams in regards to a contract.
1: Craig Council said, as we uh, as we kind of shift, Craig Council said this past week at the winter meetings that they're very comfortable with the second base position with a combination of Jonathan VR, Eric Sogard, even Hernan Perez in there. Uh, they'd been rumbled to uh, you know be interested in some second baseman, and obviously you, when you've got second baseman on your roster and there doesn't seem to be room for other second basemen, so one of those guys would probably lose their job if you did bring in another second baseman. You're not going to sit there and say, oh yeah, we definitely need to upgrade this position but how much do you buy the idea that council the brewers overall are comfortable with where they're at at second base right now
2: you know yeah i was thinking about that the other day too of the free agent market and the second baseman uh, i don't really necessarily see the brewers i don't know but i could be completely wrong but i think it's from what i've seen and read from the interviews and everything like that i think that I just see it falling. The cards falling as Jonathan VR being the opening day second baseman. Um, I mean, obviously he didn't have the greatest year, especially after uh, his his earlier year where he had the twenty home runs and all. But yeah, I think he brings enough to the table where the um, the decision can be made for him to be the second baseman. Obviously, that might change, and David Stearns might have. A different approach to that but and yeah like you mentioned aaron perez can play there and uh, obviously his versatility is um quite respected in what he can bring to the team but yeah if obviously one of those three is are going to have to uh more than likely be released if the Brewers do go the route of making an acquisition for their second base but as of right now i think the brewers might just be set on vr being their second baseman for opening day that's a gamble,
1: though, isn't it? I mean, that's a, I don't even have to ask you a question. That is a huge gamble.
2: Oh, yeah. It obviously is. And you'd like to hope that Derrick is realizing that. But I don't know. I just, from the what I see, I think that they're, I don't know, they might, obviously a move can be made at any hour of the night, but I think that they might just approach it as VR, maybe last year being a fluke or something like that. But obviously, yeah. Trouble on the base pass, but I think his speed and what he can bring—I I just see him. Maybe they're approaching it with the off or the bullpen being more of an issue, and it's has kind been of tough without Brewer making any moves as to what they're really going for. But as of right now, I would say that they're—it definitely is a gamble. But I think in the in the long run, they'll be VR at second base.
1: Domingo Santana was the, really the one major league player. Who was there? Was a lot of rumors about that. There was conversations about it. There's reason to make sense to trade him because he's coming off a career year. You don't know if he's going to repeat it. Uh, you want to open up some spots for both Brett Phillips and Lewis Brinson to be able to play and play regularly. Uh, you still have Keon Broxton under control, so you've got a guy with big league experience in an outfield spot. You know, for when Brinson and Phillips go through uh, their slumps, even though Broxton is, uh, you know, he can go through his uh, slumps as well. Do you expect Domingo Santana to be traded this offseason?
2: I don't think so. I, I think that the Brewers are in a good position with Santana, especially with the power he brings, 30 home runs and all, to keep him in the right field position for, the, for obviously next year. Um, and the reason I say that is because, I don't know, every, any prospects that you do trade him for if you were to, to make that move You would hope that they turn out to be what he is offering now, and what he's offering now is that power, along with four years more of control, and especially with arbitration, his arbitration not kicking next year. I just don't see much sense it would be for him to be dealt for a package of prospects. However, I do think that if they wanted to make him available in trade talks for a bigger name such as Chris Archer. I'd get more on board with that because obviously then you'd get a strong right-handed starting pitcher and Chris Archer, and you could uh, sort of kill two birds with one stone and have Chris Archer on the team and then obviously make the room for those prospects. Um, it's obviously a long jam, a log jam right now, but I think if you're, you look at what he brings, and sure he might not be the most defensible uh, positioner out in right field, um, but I think with the year he had at the plate last year, it, it you'd have to make quite the case for me to want to trade him. All
1: right, so give me a uh, give me a prediction here because how does let's let's go to a hypothetical world where Domingo Santana is on the team and Ryan Braun is on the team, and that's your those are your corner outfielders. We, I think most people would assume that Brett Phillips is going to be there when opening day starts, based off the way um, he was at the end of the year. There's a very solid chance that Lewis Brinson is there. So if those four guys are there, you need to get, especially Brinson, but Phillips to a certain extent, you need to get those guys major league at bats. How do you see it working with the, with all four of those guys on the roster?
2: The way I would see it right now, um, let's see. Obviously, I think you'd have to play. Braun in left field, um, and then Brinson, if he's up, which he should be, um, he'll be up and I think he'll take over the center field position. Then it sort of comes down to yeah, Brett Phillips and Domingo Santana in right field, and yeah, sort of a toss up there. Uh, you could obviously make the um, case for a platoon, and honestly, that's what I think. If if they don't trade him, of course, I think that that's what the Brewers will end up doing. Maybe obviously, if we are talking opening day lineup, I'd probably put Santana just because of the year he had, but obviously if Brett Phillips brings that uh versatil- versatility to the field, and yeah you could make the case for him in right field or even center field too if it if that opens up
1: all right I'm gonna keep playing devil's advocate on you on this so let's let's say that that comes to fruition and right field becomes you know a bit of a platoon between Santana and Phillips aren't you lowering Santana's value based off where it is right now like isn't he worth more coming off the season he just came off of as opposed to being a guy who's in a platoon role
2: yeah he definitely is um, however if I, I'd like to think of it obviously if the Brewers didn't strike a deal with Santana they're not content with what other teams are valuing him at. and you might not you could, somebody could obviously just look at his offensive numbers but If the Brewers do ever get serious about, or even more serious about, wanting to trade Santana in that um, position, the opportunity comes up. There's still room for improvement, not on the offensive side of the plate, but just in his outfield game. No, he's not the greatest defender, so maybe if he were to improve his game in that facet, then you could even... Get a bigger opportunity to trade him, maybe at the trade deadline, even. Um, well, it depends on where the Brewers are at, I suppose. But yeah, from there, yeah, definitely. I think the, you could make the argument for him to improve his game and improve his game, and then maybe Brett Phillips makes the case that he should be the starting right fielder, which would obviously alleviate the stress of who to play in that position for Craig Counsel.
1: Gabe, what's uh, what's going down right now over at uh, Disciples of Euchre?
2: All right. Well, well, as for myself. I'm looking forward to being able to write more once those are complete. But in lieu of that, we have, always have our Milwaukee Tailgate podcast um, with Ryan top J.P. Breen, and Steve Gouchinsky. So that comes out every Monday so fans can get their dosage of off-season content there. And, yeah, we're just all waiting. We're all ready for the MLB will start. Obviously, it's Christmas season, but I think it's safe to say that a majority of us, which the Brewers are playing, especially the Packers, were eliminated from postseason contention today.
1: Well, uh, ap- absolutely. We we appreciate the time, and um, yeah, we we also encourage people. I I listen over to uh, uh, the Milwaukee Tailgate podcast that you guys do post over there, and it's uh, they they do a great job with that. And um, like you said, uh, we're coming up on the holidays and Christmas time, and always enjoy seeing what you guys come up with. So, uh, thank you so much uh, for your time. Have a great uh, Christmas, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again uh, later on in the off season.
2: Sounds great, Matt. Thanks for having me on. That was
1: Gabe Stoltz. We appreciate him taking some time with us here on Brewers X Journeys, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pawley. Just about time to wrap up this program. We have fought through. I apologize for my voice. I am fighting a cold. I'm losing my voice. It is. Uh, it's rough for me to listen through my uh, my headset. So thank you so much for uh, for sticking with me here during the course of uh, the program. I do not believe we are going to have a podcast coming up next week. I think this will be our first week since we uh, since we started the podcast. If I am uh, if I am correct that uh, we have not had one, we'll see if we get one maybe in uh, during the midweek next week. But uh, next Sunday is Christmas Eve, so we'll probably, uh, we're will probably we going to take that week off. And uh, the next Sunday after that is New Year's Eve. So just keep monitoring, and we'll see. Uh, we may just shift the uh, podcast, maybe recording date back a couple days, and do some midweek podcasts. But uh, I don't have that plan in place yet, so I can't tell you what's going to be going on. Uh, this week, things to look out for. We'll find out uh, what the contract is for Giovanni Gallardo. That's the big thing to uh, watch out for. Again, we're expecting it to probably be a one-year deal. Um, more single digits in millions of dollars. I would think somewhere between four and six million dollars. Complete speculation on my part, but that seems to be probably his value. And you know, we'll learn maybe more about his role, what they expect in terms of um, what to expect in terms of his role going forward. If he's going to be competing for a starting job, but leaving open the possibility of being a relief pitcher, whatever it might be. But that's going to do it. Have a uh, if if I don't end up doing a podcast before Christmas, have a very very merry Christmas. If I don't do a podcast before New Year's, which I think I will, have a happy New Year, happy holiday, no matter what you are celebrating uh, during this period. And uh, we appreciate you uh, listening. Again, if you ever want to comment on what we're talking about, you can tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air. M A T T P A U L E Y on air. This has been Brewers is the podcast for powered by WTMJ. Murphy.
0: Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.